0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Please visit us at FCCWarsaw.com to learn more about our church or to make plans to be with us on a Sunday morning. Again, that's FCCWarsaw.com. FCC, how are we doing? Good. My name is Josh. I'm the intern here at Grace, at First Christian Church. And I want to read you guys a passage real quick before I jump into the message. Then the whole assembly rose and led him... Oh, that's my bad. Sorry, guys. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way from the country and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him, Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do you not weep for me? Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that have never bore and the breasts that never nurse. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, as Jesus is heading to the cross in this moment, he is being mocked and ridiculed and laughed at. And then Jesus says, A sentence that for me is the most stressful and problematic verse in the Bible. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Can you imagine Jesus just finally saying, you know what, I've had enough. I'm not going to mess with these people anymore. They keep sinning against me. They keep ridiculing me. I'm just going to get myself off this cross and never do it ever again. Can you imagine Jesus saying that? But Jesus knew the power of the cross. And so he decided to forgive us. The that bought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. See, Jesus knew the power of God's plan. He knew that this plan was for many generations to come. And it was foretold. That's the power of the cross. Is that it was meant for generations and generations to come. And that's why God spoke to these people. So then we go into the passage and we see two criminals on the cross beside Jesus. And, and we don't really know whether they're murderers or thieves or rebels. But what we do know is that they have done something really bad. right? They've done something to deserve to be on the cross. And I believe that not saying their reason for punishment is a good thing because we can place our own sin in the story. Whatever you've done, whatever you've fallen into, you can place yourself there and, hey, listen, I deserve that as well. That's exactly what it's talking about. And this is their chance right here to change the trajectory of their lives. Right here, they're on the cross with the Son of God. This is their chance. And as we continue, each one approaches Jesus in a different point of view. We see the first criminal, he kind of says, come on, Jesus, if you're really the Son of God, can you just get us off of this cross Just get us off and I can go back to live my life again from pain. You know, this is a false way to look at the action of the cross. All he wanted is God to make the problems go away. And I think that we can sometimes do that as well. We just want him to make our pain go away or make our life better and that's all we want. See, the way some people can sometimes see Jesus is kind of like going to leave. See, you know how whenever I get like maybe a sore arm or I get a headache or maybe I didn't feel well the day before, you know, i take taken a leave. And the truth is that this gets me by for a while. But the truth of the matter is that's just temporary. This is just a temporary thing. And this is the way some of us may see Jesus. Okay, Jesus, could you just help me here real quick and I'll just move on to the next time I need you. I'll just use you real quick and then I'll just put you away and then when I need you again, I'll bring you out. That's sometimes how we can see Jesus, right? Is that how you perceive him today? Is that how you perceive Jesus in this moment? Now we see the second criminal, and his perspective is one that I think we should replicate today. I deserve what I'm getting. I know I deserve death. But I want more than just making my pain go away. I want paradise. And Jesus, you are the only thing that can do that for me. That's basically what this criminal is saying. The criminal understood who Jesus really was. He understood behind it. And we know this because of his words. We know this because of what he said. So the first thing he addressed was that his heart was humbled before God. In the past, he asked the other criminal, he said, Don't you fear God right now? Don't you fear him? He acknowledged that a righteous and holy God exists. And that because he was under the same condemnation of death as the man being crucified next to him, he himself will be standing before God very shortly. He understood that. And the truth of the matter is that we will never know the day we are going to die. It could be 40 years from now, or it could be tonight when you're driving home. We never know when life is going to end. And So the first thing we need to understand is the urgency of our salvation we understand that our salvation is urgent for every person in this world. This, that is the part of fearing the Lord, because life is unpredictable. And we have no clue when our last day on earth is. So that was the first thing he acknowledged. The second thing is he admitted that his sins were deserving of death. He acknowledged that he had sinned before the righteous God. He even added, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He had made a mess of his life, and now look where he is. He made a mess of where he is, and now he's standing on the cross. He's hanging there. And as believers, it is important to acknowledge what could have happened to us if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for what Jesus has done for us. The third thing he talks about, he said, this man believes that Jesus is innocent, righteous, and doesn't deserve the death that he's experiencing doesn't deserve it. He believes that Jesus is a king who was able to save him, that He is God and that He has the ability to grant forgiveness, even while he's being crucified on a cross. The thing is about, Jesus' ministry did not end when he was hanging on that cross. It did not end. That is so amazing to see. And so he goes in and he says, "Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And he is remembered. He is remembered to this day. See, sometimes we add a whole lot of requirements to what is necessary for someone to be saved. We add a bunch to it, and we think to ourselves, we've got to know as much theology as you can. But the truth of the matter is that we need to remember what it takes in the sight of God to be saved. See, sometimes we come up with a lot of rules or regulations or rituals and ceremonies or a long list of do's and don'ts before you can be saved by Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, that's not true. We practically make it sound like someone needs to be perfect before they can be saved, not realizing that if they are already perfect, there would be no reason to be saved. If they were already perfect, there would be no reason for Jesus to be hanging on that cross. The criminal story teaches us there is only one thing that is necessary to be saved, and that is a trust in Jesus and the payment he made for us on the cross. That's the true meaning of Good Friday. Acts says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. All this man did was to turn to Jesus with what little understanding he had. He may not even heard of Jesus' name, but the truth of the matter is he knew he was a big deal because people were ridiculing really that he was the Son of God. And he said, you know what? Maybe this is my chance. And so he said, Lord, remember me, and he was saved. He trusted in Jesus that night. Salvation is a remarkably free gift purchased for us by the Son of God. At the price of his own life on the cross, he should add nothing to the requirements than the simple faith that the criminal on the cross displayed. There should be no other thing that we need to do. My hope for this Good Friday, for us to acknowledge that we do not need anything else to receive than just turning to him. There's nothing else you need. We sometimes act As if we need to know so much theology or act a specific way before we can come to Jesus. Say, hey, listen, you get to this point right here, then you can know Jesus. You get to this point right here, you start working your way, you know this many Bible verses, you know this many things about Jesus, then you can accept him. That's how some people say. But the truth of the matter is, that's not how it is. Remember the simple gospel. In John chapter 9, we see a great image of this when many religious leaders are questioning this blind man who was just healed by Jesus. And the leaders are trying to figure out how did this happen and bringing in biology and evidence from other pieces. And then this blind man says, One thing I do know, apart from everything else that you said, I was blind, but now I can see. Let's pray. God, as we encounter this night, a Good Friday, I hope that we realize the true meaning of that word good, the great meaning of the word good Friday. And sometimes we think to ourselves, Jesus, why is this night so good? And my hope tonight is that you guys know that that good means that we are saved, that God has given us a great and good gift that we can receive tonight, that we can receive on Sunday, that we can receive any time that we want. And so, God, I pray for every person in this room that they would remember the simple gospel. I pray that they wouldn't think that there's any act or any service that they have to do before they get to you. There's nothing else that, you, that we can do to get to you. There's no act, nothing. And so, God, I pray tonight, as we enter a time of worship again, that you would just allow us to remember the simple gospel. Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from First Christian Church of Warsaw, Indiana. We invite you to join us for worship on an upcoming Sunday morning. Check out our website at fccwarsaw.com for more details and information. Again, that's fccwarsaw.com.